there's quite a few uh, um, funny, I don't know, I wouldn't say funny, just like very interesting conversations happening around um, kind of like core infrastructure that's kind of missing on the network or ways in which Hedera can grow. Um, a lot of conversations are happening around that and kind of how the HBAR Foundation comes into the fold and the Hashgraph Association and Hedera and all sorts of different things. Anyways, a lot I want to get into today and I want to get through it nice and speedy because it's a busy day, another busy day in, uh, in Hedera land. So with that, let's just kick it off, folks. You're listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. Hosted by Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. It's Brandon D. Let's go. What a week. So far. feel like a dj now with like all this new podcasting equipment like faders and all sorts of different stuff camera angles what am i doing what's going on um yeah welcome to episode 112 of the hashgraph enthusiast show and brandon davenport aka it's brandon d all eyes are on hbar part two i did an episode called all eyes are on hbar i did it last year like in november maybe and it was just kind of this thing happening where I'm noticing like a lot of people outside of Hedera, a lot of people um, on other chains, a lot of people that we look up to when it comes to like influencers and thought leaders and different stuff, even a lot of BS, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote influencers out there that a lot of people aren't too stoked about. But they're talking about HBAR. It's been very interesting to see um, more and more people become aware of HBAR. And as you kind of get that happening, you naturally, get, you know, get more eyeballs on it. And when you got more eyeballs on HBAR, the stakes kind of get raised a little bit, you know? And I think that's kind of what we're seeing in the space right now and in the conversations is there's this heightened sense of, um, you know, th this is our moment. This is the network's moment. There's a, you know, people are talking about an upcoming bull run all these different types of things. The Bitcoin ETFs are out. All these things are happening. And it's just it just kind of ups the ante. It just in, in, enhances the conversation, intensifies it. And there's a lot of interesting things that are happening out there. One of those things is Hashinals. I don't we've been talking about, you know, HCS20 and um, all sorts of different things that are happening on the Hedera Consensus Service that kind of take a fresh look at what the consensus service is for and how it can be a bit of a bridge for creators and developers and builders outside of Hedera to kind of bring their creations into the Hedera network. And we've seen ordinals out there. We've talked about HCS 20. We've had patches on the show a few weeks ago to talk about that with us and share some of those ideas. 
Lots of really cool, mind-blowing stuff. Lots to think about. But now we're talking, there's conversations around there about Hashinals. So what is Hashinals? You know, what's that about? Um, It sparks a lot of really big ideas. And it's those kinds of ideas that I can't really explain. So I'm really happy to have Patches coming back on the show today. He'll be stopping by shortly to talk about a bunch of crazy stuff that uh, the HCS working group is working on. There's there's a community developer working group focused on the Hedera Consensus Service that's doing some really, really cool things. Um, and I'm really excited to, to, to get Patches on to talk about this uh, shortly. But something kind of fun um, to kick things off with, and again, just a quick mention, all the good stuff about the show is available on hashgraph.news. Can't believe I got that domain name, but you can go there. All past episodes are there. Um, links and info for each of the episodes are there. Like I said, you know, listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube and Google Podcasts and everything like that. Check it out, hashgraph.news. Also, live on uh, we're live on Spaces right now on X. Um, it's on my phone right here for people watching the video recording on YouTube later. This is live. These are the people listening to the show. These are my friends. Um, and there's lots of good stuff. Like I said, before we started the show, I want to do a live YouTube version of the show, live video version of the show. Um, and yeah, so something fun, like way off topic, but that I thought was great is people have been seeing the, um, you know, the Apple vision pro it's, it's really kind of top of the news for a lot of people. Um, understandably it's a like really cool piece of technology. I think a lot of people are stoked about. And, um, this morning, just before the show, uh, Nick Poorman, uh, director of engineering at Swirls Labs, who I've talked about before, posts some interesting things on Twitter. He shared um, a screenshot using his Vision Pro um, in the uh, kind of like the Mount Hood virtual environment that's in the Vision Pro. And he's got Hashpack opened up. Hashpack is one of the Hedera wallets. And uh, he's running Hashpack in his uh, Vision Pro. Um, in, uh, you know, virtual reality and VR. I think, I think that's great. Um, it'll be really exciting to, I know there's a lot of like 3d collectibles on Hedera. Um, and so it's just going to be really interesting to see like how these new platforms and operating systems and how spatial computing kind of interfaces with NFTs and stuff. It's just, it's very, very, very interesting. Even my brain just kind of goes like NFTs are 2d objects, usually images, um, I don't know. Just it, it definitely gets your brain going. It gets me excited. Um, let me get some other quick headlines out of the way here too that were they were kind of grabbing my attention. Um, one of these is, of course, relating to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a huge driver in determining like what's going to be happening in the crypto market. And something very, I think, positive has happened. Um, and you know, love them or hate them, MicroStrategy has added eight hundred fifty. Bitcoin in January. Uh, so very recently it, it cost them about $37.5 million. So now, um, they're holding about 190,000 Bitcoin. Uh, so they've got a portfolio of Bitcoin at about just over $8 billion, which is crazy. Um, and their cost average is at about, at about $31,000 per Bitcoin. So they're in like $2.2 billion profit. So really interesting stuff. Uh, big purchases for MicroStrategy. They own a, a massive a massive chunk of Bitcoin. So um, 
shout out to uh, MicroStrategy and uh, and um, Michael Saylor. That's wild. Um, also, too, a little bit out of left field. Again, I just want to get some of these really interesting updates out of the way. Actually, uh, this one is was posted by um, H. Bartata, who's actually listening uh, to the show right now. So shout out to you. Um, posted to X, um, something that Christian Hasker, the head of marketing at Hedera, uh, shared during the community call on Discord. It's a call, monthly call, where you kind of have leaders in the ecosystem and people from Swirls and um, all that kind of stuff kind of hop on the Discord, share updates. The key thing here I think that was most interesting was people in the community were concerned, like, what happens to governing council members when their things expire? We talked on, I think, like episode 99 or something about, like, what's going to happen with those people. And so Christian Hasker said, um, all Hedera governing council members whose initial three-year terms concluded in December are now renewed for another three years. So basically, we didn't lose any governing council members. Everyone's good to go. And we're all rocking and rolling. So that's, uh, that's good news. Um, and what I want to do now, we've got patches up here. Um, I've been thinking a lot about HCS 20. I've been playing around with it. I've seen all the crazy things happening in the community with like really fun uh, points. Um, I think that, you know, really simplifying things and, and doing something new and fresh really got so many people excited. Um, but from what I understand, there's so many other things happening under the surface and, and so many different updates that I think the community is going to find uh, really, really interesting. Uh, so patches, uh, I know we had a quick chance to chat yesterday about some stuff, but um, my interest is more peaks than ever about uh, what you guys are doing. So real quick, I mean, how you doing? Uh, what's new? And uh, I don't know exactly what you want to talk about or what we can talk about, but I want to just open it up and kind of see what's new with you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, always love Hashcraft Enthusiasts and that it's on Spotify. So listen to that in the morning sometimes. Just get caught up because there's um, you know there's so many things going on with with news either ancillary or directly with Hedera, and uh, I don't know of any other source that has all of it <laughs> um, <laughs> other than here. Thanks, so, man. Yeah, yeah, you do a really good job um, just kind of capturing 100% of Hedera news, at least as, I, as I've seen. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so definitely been busy. Um, I think this year, around uh, January 4th, uh, was when we released uh, HCS20, which was this first iteration in inscriptions on Hedera and kind of um, what what would it look like if you did what all other networks did um, here, which is, you know, sort of the, the inscriptions on chain, putting data on chain. The interesting part is that Hedera has just had a service to do that forever. <laughs> so um, while right. other block, <laughs> yeah, while other blockchains were like, hey, how do we put data on chain, put in witness data on transactions or in memo fields, uh, we just have a service, you know, the Hedera consensus service. And um, each message is restricted by one kilobyte, but you can really just put any data you want on. Um, and, uh, you know, us at Turtle Moon and HCraft Punks and, uh, you know, Moon Shells, we've been using the Hedera Consensus Service for years. Just, um, it, it's it's so powerful. We used it for uh, our first NFT launch pad. That's how we tracked when people would click the mint button to see um, the order. Uh, we used it for farming when people would start to farm their Moon Shells for an egg and then 
uh, from an egg to uh, a baby moon shell. And we used HCS to keep the lineage. So the, the baby moon shell was minted with the mom moon shells serial number and token ID. Yeah. Um, we used it for DAO voting, and we even have the DAO working group where we talk about how to put DAO information onto HCS. Mm-hmm. Um, use it for promo code minting, like just yada yada. Like it just it keeps going on. Um, but I've always been interested in the power of HCS, and I think it, it just takes years to really wrap your head around it. Which was the crux of the reason on um, making this open source standard for HCS twenty. Um, the, right. our, yeah, our, our NFT project, HCraft Punks, we wanted to reward our users and have this engaging method of earning, but we didn't want to touch fungible tokens because it's just in the, over the last two and a half years, there's a lot of uncertainty and regulatory uncertainty in the U.S., but we still wanted to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we came up with HCS20, which allowed us to assign points to accounts or to nfts really you can you can put them anywhere if it's a private topic id and um allow users to engage with that and uh, as usual you know turtle moon's really about open source we made the first uh, nft minting tools that were open sourced and so we created the turtle moon hcs toolkit which uh is an open sourced i just pinned up top we just released version six yesterday so it's gotten it's gotten a lot nicer um, but it's an open source tool that with no technical knowledge, you just put in your account ID and your private key, and you can create, deploy, mint, transfer, and burn uh, your own HCS20 tokens. Um, um, God dang. It is <laughs> points. They're not tokens. It's so hard <laughs> not to say that. Disclaimer. <laughs> when, for the next 20 minutes, if we ever say the word token, we mean points. That's, thank you. That's actually what the variable means. Yeah, they're, they are points. And the difference means they're not they're not really tokenized in any way. We have the Hedera token service. That's a token. This is the consensus service. We're just putting information on a ledger. Um, but yeah, you can create. Um, you can look at your own ledger to see the points balance. Um, so uh, I know Maui from Rooster Cartel is using this for inventory. So he can put in his topic ID and hit get balances. And it'll show the, the balances of all of the inventory and where it's currently at. Um, you can use it for ESG tracking, like uh, Matt Smitty's did with Trust Enterprise API, where they're using this HCS20 idea for tracking ESG. And um, that, none of this was the intent. I just launched it as, as points, and then it was really cool to see the community grab onto it. Um, the public point ID has over 18 million you know, records on it. Wow. Um, Hashpack has support, so you can see your public HCS20 points in there. Um, Hashgate has support. So if you want an API to uh, put in or see the balances of HCS20, you can do that. NFTer has support. So if you want to go look at analytics of all of these HCS20s on the public ID, you can do that. Um, so it was really cool. It was a really cool moment for a bunch of developers to just grab onto this meta protocol, which is really kind of one of the first meta protocols on Hedera. Yeah, kind of is, yeah. Do, do you want me to like describe what a meta protocol is or... You know what, for my, for my crowd, maybe that'd be a good idea. What is a meta protocol? Right. So, um, just like value in capitalism, meta protocols only exist if we all agree it exists. So the reason why beanie babies were worth tens of thousands of dollars one day and nothing the next 
was because we all stopped believing and have value, right? So that's, that was the, that was the, you know, collector's meta, but a meta protocol says like, okay, here's a JSON standard. And we all agree that this point is real and owned by this account. And it's, it's there, it's immutable, it's trackable. But uh, if we all agree it's real, then you can use it to mint NFTs or you can use it in an ecosystem of value that um, doesn't have a liquidity pool, doesn't have an ability to be exchanged for USD, um, but it can be used for interaction. So uh, the biggest known meta protocol is Ordinals. Ordinals is on Bitcoin and the data of Ordinals is inscribed onto Bitcoin. Mm. The ownership of ordinals is an agreed upon meta protocol off chain that points to on chain data and says, if you own this piece of Bitcoin, you own this data over here. Okay. So quick, quick question. So what you're saying is that in the web, in, in kind of the web three sense, sometimes these meta protocols would be, as you described, kind of off chain but what's really exciting about HCS is that it is this meta protocol, but it is also on chain. Right. Right. It's an iteration of sort of like BRC 20 HRC or um, uh, was it uh, LTC 20 DR like um, Dogecoin, Litecoin. They all have these meta protocols. Yes. And Hedera is unique because we have this HCS that even though it is a meta protocol, it is on chain. So it's, it's kind of this um, iteration of a little bit more secure, fair ordered assignment of these, these points um, to people. Gotcha. So just real quick. So to simplify it further, what you're saying is um, because HCS effectively, if people want to think of it kind of like a little database and you're just kind of sending messages to the shared trusted database and, uh, and you're just sending those entries on ordinals or these other platforms, they literally just have a separate database that's off chain, which is not ideal. And you have all these issues that surround it, but it's very exciting because so many people use it and there's so much value flowing through it. And then on Hedera, we just literally have this thing sitting, waiting, ready to go basically. And what, what you've done is you've said, well, what language are you guys speaking over there? What messages are you sending? Let's send those same messages too. And then we're all kind of on the same page and you build those bridges. You open those doors between networks in an all new way. Exactly. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's a it's a way of putting Hedera in the conversation that every other network is having and yes. giving a, a fair platform of, well, you do it over here and it's, you know, seven transactions per second. You do it over here, like on Ethereum and it's 15. You do it over here on Hedera and it's 10,000. Mm-hmm. And so the experience that someone going cross chain would feel it, doing the same exact thing is much, much, much higher. Yes. We're at the cool kids table now. Trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're the nerd kids table, but we're showing how cool nerds are. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, So that was the, that was the the beginning uh, of, of all of this um, HCS. uh, I don't, I don't know. uh, Exploration, I guess. Yeah. Um, since then, the, the thing that happens on all of these other networks, so first we made, we made points. Um, the things that happen on other networks like ordinals is that they inscribe data onto chain and they do that by an image data to be clear. Not, so we, we did JSON of, of definition of points. Um, this is, they do like image data. 
um, video data, uh, just just pretty mm. much any data you could think of. And so this week, um, working with uh, Hangry, who made the um, Lamoshi art, uh, which I can pin up top if that's appropriate. I've got, yeah, I, we actually do a video version of the show now on YouTube. So I literally have it pulled up on Twitter. It looks beautiful. It's this beautiful lemon. Um, and it was, it's, you got the terminal beneath it, which shows, um, I guess all the different HCS messages that were written and it's inscribed on HCS. It's a beautiful, uh, lemon artwork from Hangry. Right. There's, there's a little bit of culture in here too. Um, where the first, the inscription number zero on Bitcoin by Casey Rodemar, who created ordinals was art that was very, very close to this. So, uh, it's an homage. It's an homage. So, so Hangry took that art and then made it a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, and did it. And uh, I always love Hangry's art because if you look closer, you'll see there's like you know a hash, you know hash for hash graph, and there's a little you know Hedera symbol. So, um, it's really really cool art, and um, it's an homage, and it's, it's its own art. So, this was the first image where we took it and we broke it up by kilobyte chunks. And we put it onto Hedera consensus service in those kilobyte chunks in a base 64 encoded string. And then we read it off of the same um, HCS uh, string and the image was lossless. And we could, so now we have this initial data primitive of putting data on chain and reading data off chain, just like all of these other inscription networks are doing um, with this um, Lamoshi as the, the art is named. Right on. That's that's wild. So if so what you're effectively describing is you are sending this data to HCS in separate little messages like their own little 1 kilobyte packages and then the user is able to take all those little bits, find them all, put them back together and assemble the image. Basically like how the internet works where you where you have all this these little pieces of information that get sent in little packets and your and your computer and web browser will assemble those for you and then Zoom, you're looking at a website. So this is like this new way to transfer things to not transfer things, but um, make these these messages on HCS actually become something. Correct. Very cool. Yes. Right. And this is this is just kind of opening the doorway to a lot of innovation, I think, just as HCS 20 points and and the 20 in hcs is is hey this is points so when we say h2s 20 we're, we're literally only talking about points gotcha um this uh we're, we're now we have the hcs working group with amazing community devs in there and it's it's growing by the day um, we're getting more and more community dev interest um and we're working on hcs one which is i'm calling it is kind of it's not decided by the group yet but it to me it makes the most sense because it's the data primitive of how do you put data on chain and take it off chain. So mm. this 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 initial pass was just I waited for the receipt of the message send, which takes about three seconds, and then I'll do the set the next chunk. In the working group, there was a really cool idea from Cantor from NFTer, where if we added JSON that had the order number, we could actually at 10k TPS upload images. Because then when you pull it down, you just have to reorder it and that data is in the message. So you, you right. unlock a lot of speed. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so so again, I've I've kind of been mad scientist, not sleeping too much the last week with all of the ideas that can happen here, and I'm starting to de scope creep myself because I scope creeped myself to the moon, <laughs> um, turtle moon, if you will. And uh, what what we're trying to do is demonstrate how Hedera can become the user experience layer of all networks when wanting to browse their networks on chain data. Okay. So let's, so that sounds, that sounds uh, crazy. Let's unpack that. What, so what do you mean by that? So you want, you want to, you want to leverage HCS to build an environment in which people on other networks can interact with these things that maybe aren't easy to interact with on those other networks. Explain that a little more. Like what, what are you, what, what are you guys working on? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So this is now we're getting, we're getting into real meta conceptual land. So let's do uh, it. You know, fair warning to everyone change. listening. We're get we're going out into the weeds here. So fair warning. <laughs> yeah. Depending on when you talked to me in the last week, my idea was different every day. So, um, <laughs> Today, again, I'm trying to de-scope what I've been doing because I think I, I see the trajectory of the next year and a half of work and where this could go. But I have my eye on Ethereum Denver, East Denver, which is coming up in 20 days. And um, I think we have an opportunity at East Denver to demonstrate this, this value add that I see that Hedera brings to all networks, which is on, on Bitcoin um, – you inscribe something, and then you can go to a website called Ord.io. And what Ord.io does is it looks all – it's basically a Bitcoin browser, but it's on a Web2 website. So you browse the data that exists on Bitcoin, and this could be video games. Um, there are uh, interactive um, uh, art. There is – like there's this new meta, which is the uh, breakout where you put in an inscription number of pixel art, and then it will create a breakout game that you can play as an inscription. So these so, are just, so what you're saying is um, to put it into context, almost like when you, you immediately, I'm looking at the website now. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at NFTs kind of, that's where my brain goes. But what you're saying is these aren't just things that you can look at or, or watch or listen to. Like these are actually things you can interact with and, and, and do things with what you're saying is like play a game. Right. To me at this point, Bitcoin is the biggest decentralized HTML five app store. Gotcha. Because the, so what, what Bitcoin did and what ordinals did, which I don't think was on purpose, but it makes sense was after they started inscribing data, they wanted to look at the data. And so they just started writing browser code and uploading that in inscriptions. Um, and then they have mm -hmm. a method in which they can reference other inscriptions. So if I wanted to make a Web3 game that is an inscription, someone spent thousands of dollars to upload 3JS, which is a very large uh, library that allows you to do 3D art and WebGL on browsers. So now that that's uploaded once, these new inscriptions only have to reference that inscription number and then when their inscription is read, it will pour it in. So exactly like a source tag on an HTML page. Oh, it's like 
or it, it's these inscriptions acting as kind of like dependencies for each other in a way. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So, so basically to, to kind of put it another way for people yeah. listening is like when you have a it's website, like, um, I got a crazy echo coming from you, Patches. <laughs> I'm hearing myself. Um, what Did you're ba- you uh, mute me? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think Did I, I mute myself. I think you muted yourself. I okay, just... I uh, I think my AirPod disconnected and went to some other computer, and that's what happened. My bad. That's okay. Um, if I had a nickel every time that happened, I would have enough to buy <laughs> about 10 H bar. But basically, what you're saying is. It's kind of like a website. It's like you've got this web server, you've got a little website that you build or a little game or whatever, and then you have to use all these different parts that are hosted elsewhere. And it's like this little, it's the internet, it's a network. But what you're describing is kind of like a, a, a new like little internet that has its own things, but it's immutable and it's on chain, but on these other networks, not really, because you talked about a meta protocol being off chain. So that makes HCS even more exciting because it's all on chain and you could do these types of things all on chain with that fast throughput. So that's, so these, these, these files can be inscribed other collectibles or files can reference those and it all can come together to create some kind of experience. So that's, that's really interesting. Right. And, and pulling that thread, essentially what they're doing is instead of the hosting be on NPM on a web two server in AWS, right. The hosting is on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is referencing Bitcoin to display you a user experience in a browser, mm. thus making all of the data decentralized and accessible as long as you have an internet connection and can connect to Bitcoin. Wow. So, so that, that really changes things because right now with websites, somebody has to pay something to keep a, a file or a website or something accessible to people. But when it's inscribed on chain, like on something like HCS, really, it's kind of just there forever now. And if you want to access it, you pay those very small nominal fees to retrieve it. Maybe you cash it on your system, but it like it completely removes the necessity of like maintaining something to host those files. That's what Hedera is about. That's why the network fees exist. So it, it's a it's definitely also to a paradigm shift in just like running a website or providing something like this for people. Right. Exactly. And. Where I see this going and what I think Hedera is well positioned to do is allow an easily like this is this is where I think all Web3 is going in five years. Like all there will be a patchwork of networks where the user experience is abstracted from network wars and users just interact with Web3 and they browse Web3 and they and, and they pay to post on Web3 Facebook social media. And the difference is today you have the internet for free in giant quotes, air quotes, because it's not free. You give up all of the sovereignty of your privacy. You give up all of your data. It goes into these giant data warehouses. AI is running them, their models through it. They're targeting ads on every platform. They're listening to you on your microphone and looking at you in your video. Um, All of the access to your life is being mined for targeted ads. Right. If you if you then switch it to where I think the internet was supposed to go before the cookie was made, which is horrible. <laughs> um, you then okay, I want to post, and we have we have an example on Hedera. We have forum. Yes. So I want to I want to post on forum and create a new thread. I pay to create a new thread by a new topic ID, and then I pay to post on that, and it's fractions of an H bar. 
And this dream of the Web3 internet has been really hard to obtain because microtransactions have been impossible. Um, it's really difficult with fluctuating gas. Uh, the speed isn't what people would expect. And all of those things aren't true here. And what we're seeing in all the other networks is they're putting all the data on chain and having these user experiences that are degraded, but they like it because they see that value of on-chain data and that Web3 browsing. Gotcha. We, we have this opportunity in this moment to create our version of this that allows the porting of assets from Bitcoin over to Hedera. It still points to Bitcoin data. But the browser is using Hedera native as the interaction mechanism of selling that, of interacting and browsing that data, of transmitting more information onto it um, as a pointer on Hedera to that data. So again, it can be the user experience later of fast, quick, cheap transactions while it's still on Bitcoin. And that person still owns that data on Bitcoin through a bridging mechanism. Um, that's where I see this going. And I think we need my, I'm striving to have a proof of concept of this by, or right after ETH Denver. And I already have some really great meetings with some, um, some ordinals developers and some, uh, uh, bridging developers from emblem vault Wow! to see if we can't create the proof of concept where it starts to become seamless to take your ETH scription and bring it to Hedera or your Bitcoin inscription and bring it to Hedera and gain more value from Hedera, from usability and access while your data is still forever saved on chain on your mother chain. Right. So what you're, what you're basically saying, maybe, maybe in a uh, kind of like articulating this in an oversimplified way is what you're saying is like, Hey networks, you've got this wonderful thing happening of, of like these crazy cool dynamic collectibles um, that are, that are inscribed and minted in a whole new way that has so many different upsides. And also too, there's billions of dollars of liquidity flowing through this. It's such a, an exciting thing full of, of energy. But the problem is, is you've got these meta protocols that are off chain in these kind of databases. And what you're basically saying is like, just keep doing what you're doing and we can just provide a better platform for your meta protocol. That's like super fast and super cheap ABFT, like all those different types of things. Use this instead. Right. And, and they're doing it, right? So if you go to Order.io, they have a really cool mechanism of upvoting and comments. But that's okay. on a Web2 server. Gotcha. So what you're also saying is all of, not only can you migrate this, what you're, what you're doing for your meta protocol, like in, in whatever their database they're using, not only can you use HCS for that, but also some of these other features built on top of that, such as social features, like we see executed on forum it's like you could also build all that stuff on chain too because of the high throughput because of the low cost of transactions of hcs exactly so you can create true web3 native 100 percent on-chain data from social mechanisms to website browsing to interactions to p2p nft sales to like it just goes on and on when you realize you don't need any centralized Web2 entity to connect to wallets to interact with each other. And, and that's where Hedera can be that layer. I think that's where Hedera needs to be is not the trust layer of the internet, but the trust layer of the new internet. And maybe both. Mm. Okay, so let's, so let's unpack this a little, a little more because I just want to touch on this concept you're talking about 
of you've got a browser and you're you're using it in similar ways you would with a traditional web browser, but it's on this meta protocol and blah blah blah. Maybe something that would be interested interesting is look at it from maybe like a user story type thing. So maybe let's put let's 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 kind of say there's somebody who has a bunch of Bitcoin ordinals and they want to use this new kind of uh, meta protocol browser thing that you're talking about to just do the things they need to do more efficiently. Could you walk us through how you maybe imagine people that are, you know, using ordinals, using things on other networks and want to leverage HCS as you described, like what does that look like? Um, What do you envision that looking like for someone just actually using this on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, in the let's just go to the dream world. Um, let's go to the dream world. Here we go. I'll play the dream world music real quick, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to the dream world. Everybody, relax, stay calm. Okay, we're in the dream world now. It's safe. It's okay. Let's dream. Tell us about it. I'm loving it. That is that is the vibe. Um, so I open up my Turtle Moon browser. I log on through an HRL or a HashNet resource locator. And I want to go to, uh, let's just say, Ord.io, but on Web3. I put in whatever that HRL is. Um, I think at some point we'd probably need some sort of DNS or HCNS. Um, So let's just assume that exists. HCS colon backslash backslash Ord.io. It loads up the same kind of website you're seeing here. And the difference is when I interact with it, I must be logged into my hash pack or my blade or, or my, my Hedera wallet. I log in to the browser with my wallet to browse web three blockchain data. So real quick, what you're saying is you're not logging into the website. You're logging into the browser. uh, Yeah. So you're essentially, um, (laughs) I'm, we're going to the dream world with that music. Yeah. Um, with the first iteration, this will most likely just be Hedera data, which makes a little bit more conceptual. Sense. Yes. Where, where you say, I log on to Hedera with my Hedera wallet. And I interact. And so when I want to upvote something, I click upvote and it asks me to approve a transaction, which would take a little of my H bar to say that I have upvoted this mm. on chain. I accept, and now that upvote goes to five instead of four. I'm, I want to make a comment on one of these um, on one of these inscriptions. I write the comment, and maybe it's a really long one. So then I hit, uh, you know, I hit submit, and I get charged for two HCS messages because my comment has now passed uh-huh. one kilobyte and it's into two kilobytes. So it's the method of abstracting what is happening from, hey, everything's free on the internet, we just take your data, to how much data you put on-chain, you must do a microtransaction to pay for that data to be on-chain. Right. And the value add is that you have a decentralized internet that allows you to have the sovereignty of your data and privacy while paying microtransactions to interact with that internet. Gotcha. So it's the, the it's, 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 a ch- it's a new it's offering a new choice to web3 users and and when we really expand upon this in the dream space that we're in 
it's to the whole internet of you've got a new choice now. You you've been thrown all these choices about like, you know, you have you know, let's use your data, let's not use your data. Oh, there was a data breach. We charge this much. Our website's free. You have all these kind of choices that don't necessarily feel like choices. But now this is a new one where it's like, what if you just kind of paid to use the internet yourself? And just you didn't have to give up any of your data and new and no one knows what you're doing. That's a new choice right. that I think a lot a lot of people might find appealing. And I think the so the difference is you decide how much of your data you give up. Right. You can dox yourself if you want, but that's your decision. It's just not a default. And you could like log on to Hedera for a day and and browse and execute some stuff. And then when you log off six hours later, you spend two point two H bar. Gotcha. And, and yeah, that's and and then you add off chain data, which is which is really really there's it's a huge complexity there. But I think that's where this would go. And again, I think we can easily convince other networks why Hedera is the user experience later for their chains on chain data, and that that's where I think the win is. That is a huge win, and I think that that's going to be a great. Subject to have at ETH Denver, especially when you're talking about um, these folks at the helm of, you know, ordinals and this kind of being an IP, an appealing idea. We know that things move so quick in this space. Um, this is really exciting. It, it feels like an, an, an all new bridge has been built to these other networks and they're kind of going, hey, that looks like a, a, an interesting place to go. I want to know more. And I like that's super exciting. Yeah, and it could not work, or it could be wildly successful. Right, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and the, the goal is to find out as soon as possible. Exactly, and um, I'm encouraged by the initial conversations I've had with Ordinals developers and um, bridging developers on this this theory. And so there's some good momentum, but again, nothing is is real until it's real. And I think the main thing is, um, especially in Web three, just keeping your mind open. Um, to how I like I thought I was making points. It turned out that it could be used to track ESG. So being right. open to how an idea, when put out into the decentralized internet, not, changes and forms to what makes the most sense for the actual community, and um, and and just I don't know, just ride in with it. It's uh, organic. Is, it's super. It's yeah. super organic. Like, the, I think the 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 part that that really interests me the most about all this is it's kind of, as you've laid out is there's these things that were th th these, these new um, meta protocols that were made on other networks that never, that didn't really need to be made, but they had, but they kind of also had to be because the people were there, the money was there and there was a desire there. And like, you can look at technology and kind of go like, can we carve the perfect path? Can we do the thing that makes the most sense? But in reality, what technology is, is just, people pushing on the corners of it and it just kind of growing and moving in ways that like maybe aren't the best or maybe aren't expected. But if you're willing to ride those waves, like you end up in places that you never thought you'd end up in and you go, Oh, okay. It just kind of continues. It just kind of continues from here. And that's just what it, it's been this whole time. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun 2024. Oh Yeah. That's awesome. Man. That's awesome. And so just, just to, before we kind of wind things down, really like, what would you, what would you say 
people in in the in the kind of Hedera community should be kind of keeping their eyes open for in the in the coming weeks when it comes to these types of things. If someone's learning about this for the very first time, all this HCS twenty and Hashinol stuff, and they're all like super interested, w- like what spots do you think they should be watching right now to get updates on this stuff? Yeah, well, uh, you help run the working group, so that's a good question for both of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's, uh, <laughs> definitely, um, I'll be tweeting about, um, updates and everything. If you're a developer and want to be involved in creating this kind of decentralized web three native internet, um, just ask to join the working group. It's a, it's an open invite at this point. We're working on governance. We're working on, um, our own HCS, uh, hip process. We're, we're working on the foundational primitives of putting data on and off chain how do you reference that data so we're at the very beginning of what this would look like and if you're interested um you know try to join the working group and if you're just wanting someone to if you want to just kind of like test and and be a part of that alpha testing um the turtle moon browser will be tested by our moon shells and then we'll be tested by um you know we'll just tweet out and say hey this new version's up Uh, again the thing pinned before the last one is our free HCS um, 20 toolkit, which was done the same exact way, where our, our moonshells tested it initially, and then we opened it open source for everyone to just get in and, and dig in and, and get you know, get your hands dirty just trying this new tech, and it's probably going to break every now and then. We're still in alpha on all of this, uh, but it's fun. It's new. Um, what I've heard from a lot of people is, I, you know, I haven't felt this excited in a couple of years, and I I resonate with that. I've I've not. I've not not slept this much since about two years ago. So um, it's really it's really invigorating and the ideas are just kind of so open to to where this potential could go. Um, so so please join the working group if you're a dev or just want to be a community member who helps test and then just watch the Turtle Moon or my Twitter for updates on the Turtle Moon tool or browser um, that will be coming out. I don't know if it'll be called the Turtle Moon browser. It's just the simplest way to call it right yeah, now <laughs> yeah most obvious um, but yeah um but yeah that's that's how i think you can stay stay in tune love it well patches i really really appreciate it um this stuff is super exciting and it's always fun to take these kind of like complex topics and try to like make them understandable for people because it's true it's like um using this network and like experimenting with it and trying stuff out it just leads you down paths that you end up with something you never thought you would end up with. It's just delightful and amazing. Like I was just on the, on the or.io website and there was a collectible that was literally a little interactive thing of a guy looking at me. I move my mouse around and it like chases my mouse. I'm like, Oh, okay. This, I could, <laughs> I can definitely see some interesting things happening. It's about imagination, creativity. I think something that's been lacking with the bear market, so much downward pressure on people and projects, it couldn't have come at a better time, something new and fresh and exciting and everything. So huge shout out to everyone in the work working group and all of the different, uh, all the late nights and sleepless nights you've been spending uh, working on this. I'm super excited. Yeah. Uh, last, last sentence. We have an opportunity here to put Hedera in front of every network, at least to say, I've investigated that and I don't like it, but they'll know what we are. So right. I think this is a huge moment for a huge opportunity for Hedera to get on the map in a way that we all know it should be. 
And I think if we can catch this wave, we're paddling really hard and there's this big wave about the crest. I think if we paddle even gotcha. harder, we can we can catch this wave and just uh, just ride it to uh, Valhalla. Love it, dude. Well, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you, everybody. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone listening right now is following you, but if you're not, give Patches a follow. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely have you on the show again, probably after ETH Denver, and, and we'll we'll unpack all the crazy updates, I'm sure. But uh, thanks, man. You take care. Thanks so much. Cheers. All right, so let's dive into some more news. And just a quick uh, mention, I just want to give a huge shout out to um, all the supporters of the show. Um, you know, it's doing the show really is not possible without people sending those H bar tips and stuff like that to the show. It's just, um, it, it means a whole lot. It really shows me that the community really loves this show. Um, and I mean, the growth, the growth of the show has been great. I mean, we're averaging like 500 listeners on these spaces with the recordings and everything. And then of course, you know, there's the video version on YouTube, Apple podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. It's just, I remember starting this show, you know, almost three years ago on clubhouse doing it for like five people every week. So pretty wild to see it grow the way it's grown. So really appreciate everybody. Um, all the info, if you want to support the show, Head over to hashgraph.news um, and uh, support the show. Really appreciate it. And also, too, um, another thing, a big piece of feedback that I've got is the, the thing with this show, I'm a huge fan of long-form conversations. A big criticism of this show that's very fair is people will be like, Jesus Christ, this is like a two-and-a-half-hour show. Um, and, I mean, those kinds of shows are pretty common in tech, but... Um, you know, one thing that people have been asking for over and over is, is clips, um, highlights, all those different types of things. And so with the support from, from, uh, viewers and listeners of the show, I'm now able to do a lot of that stuff. So if people have been noticing each episode, there'll be like four or five clips that come out that really hit on some key topics um, a great example will be that one part of that discussion with Patches and I, I'll clip out and I'll post as a separate clip. And people have been really enjoying that. People have been just really uh, looking for that. So a lot of work has been done over the past few months to kind of lead up to that. And so I'm super stoked to be offering some of those clips and shorter form content and stuff. So um, I listen to all the feedback and appreciate all of it. And of course, appreciate um, all the support and everything from everybody. So shout out. All eyes on HBAR. Um, that's kind of the title of the show this week. And one thing I just wanted to, it's not really a huge story I want to dive into. It's just kind of a theme. Um, and I called it part two because there's a very um, interesting trend I've been seeing when it comes to alliances and uh team ups you know like when you see when you see like the power rangers or teenage mutant ninja turtles as a kid team up it's like whoa and we're seeing that happen with DREC. you know we're watching uh lehman baird and swirls labs and the DREC alliance you know um not only did they add the algorand foundation as a founding member for the DREC alliance but also you know lehman had a conversation an interview with Brett Garlinghouse, who is the uh, co-founder of Ripple, 
it's also been purported that uh, Cardano might join. And we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that. But all of these eyeballs are starting to converge on HBAR and, and Hedera and the community. And it's, and it's really interesting. Even again, like I, I would also put um, the, you know, Hashinals initiative in that too. There's just so many exciting homegrown things happening in the Hedera ecosystem um, that I'm really excited about because there is a narrative and there has been for a long time of the need for external supports and services and different things to come into our ecosystem and bolster our ecosystem. I'm really excited to be seeing some potentially um, industry changing, world changing technologies and ideas emanating from within the Hedera ecosystem that draws eyeballs. Like even look at this little insular HTS meme coin economy that we have. Um, it's just so exciting that there's so much energy there. What is the network exporting to people? I think there's a lot of really cool things. DREC is one of those things. But I also see, you know, we look at folks like AJ Crypto um, that did a, uh, an interview with Lehman recently. I think he also did an interview with Zenobia. Like there's a lot of these crypto influencers that we're seeing that are kind of grabbing onto HBAR for the first time. And I always find it fascinating. I encourage people to do this too. If you watch these interviews with these influencers um, and they're interviewing people about HBAR or they're talking about HBAR, it's really like fascinating to see someone describe the network to their viewers that might not be super familiar with it. It might be new to them. I think it's important to understand that because I think that so, you know, someone like myself who's been in the ecosystem for so long, a lot of this terminology, a lot of these ideas, a lot of these things that are pretty unique to Hedera are kind of just second nature, I think, to a lot of folks that have been in this ecosystem for years. But it's it, it, it kind of helps reground seeing how other people talk about it and, and grapple with those concepts and stuff. It's it, it really it really makes you understand like, wow, we are really early with this stuff. It, it, truly really early with this stuff um on that just kind of on that topic a bit um charles hoskins so i'm going to play a clip for you in a minute but <clears throat> basically on the topic of DREC, we talked about all these kind of networks joining we we you know we talked about the you know the alliance with the algorand foundation and stuff in the previous episode but this is really interesting to see other potential networks um, joining the 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 DREC alliance. One of those potentially is Cardano. It's been hinted in a few interviews and a few different pieces of content out there. And one thing that happened this week that I found really, really interesting that really cements the point of a high likelihood of Cardano joining the DREC alliance is um, community member uh, Tatsuki Akamoto um, you know, every, you know, a lot of folks in the Hedera ecosystem know him. And he tweeted out a clip of a spaces he was on. He was on a on an X spaces with Charles Hoskinson and asked him straight up, what do you think of the DREC alliance? Would you join it? Now, before I play the clip, it's worth remembering that in the past, Charles's stance on Hedera was like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's patented. It's not open source. I'm not going to read the white paper. Phooey. And it really feels 
like the value that DREC brings, decentralized recovery, the value that brings to the ecosystem, and I'd say ecosystem, I mean the larger Web3 industry, is so much that even folks like Charles go, hey, hey, wait a minute. It's not all, it's not all bad. Uh, but yeah, let's listen to this clip. This is fantastic. Um, and shout out to uh, Tatsuki for, for kind of uh, asking this question straight up to Charles. Let's listen in. If you would be interested in uh, potentially joining the DREC Alliance together with Hedera and Algorand for decentralized key recovery, um, and also whether you'd be interested in having a uh, spaces with Dr. Lehman Baird, the chief scientist of Hedera, um, and whether you'd be open to that. Thanks. Yeah, it'd actually be a lot of fun to talk to Lehman at, at some point. You know, uh, Hedera community and I, we've had some friction in the past. Ironically, it was never about the technology. It was just about the intellectual property side of the house. And I was a little miffed that it was all closed source and patented, but they opened that up. And so I don't really have any issues at this juncture. I saw John Woods and Lehman, I think it was in San Moritz, right before Davos, announced the uh, decentralized key. And I sent it over to Ramon, the, my CTO. I said, hey, look into this. It'd be really cool to join. Um, it's a common problem across the entire industry. So there's no reason not to work together, you know, to solve that problem. And I think there's a lot of cool products. In terms of, more than happy to talk to Lehman, more than happy to talk to Hashgraph people. Um, I, I got, I, maybe they'll cut it out. They're not, they're not as bad as the XRP people, which are, at oh. this point, they're beyond redemption. You know, I, I think we can get along with the Hashgraph oh. people just fine, as we do with the Algorand people and many others. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it's good to know uh, Charles is is on board, I guess, but that's kind of crazy, right? This, you know, Charles, right? Someone that, as he said, you know, there's been quote-unquote friction between he and the Hedera community. It's kind of crazy that a YouTube video with Lehman and uh, the, uh, you know, CTO of the Algorand Foundation are hanging out, and he shares it. Charles shares it with his CTO and says, Hey, we should join this. Charles wants to join the DREC Alliance. And it just feels inevitable at this point. I think a lot of people feel this way. Um, again, the value proposition of decentralized recovery is so intense that, you know, it's going to be hard to, to argue that. And furthermore, another interesting thing that ties this episode together is again, we called this episode all eyes are on H bar part two. Why part two? Well, episode 99, I called all eyes on H bar and we talked about Charles on that episode and it was something else interesting that kind of ties into this theme of change of perspectives, changing on Hedera of, of even the fundam the core fundamentals of what Hedera is about becoming more valuable. And I'll share something with you, a quote from Charles that was, that we talked about on episode 99 of the show. Um, he said, quote, one of the biggest problems for fortune 500 adoption is that you have price spikes. You wake up and something suddenly is five times more expensive in a week. How do you get big fi fortune 500 companies and everyday businesses to come and use your network or cloud product? If you have no price predictability, Amazon Web Services doesn't call you up and say, hey, yeah, uh, you know, th th this is really bad news, uh, but all of your hosting fees are going to be, you know, three times more expensive this week. You would be like, okay, I'm going to immediately move to a different host. So Charles said that, and it sounds kind of familiar. 
you know, the concept of low fixed fees. Um, that's, that's, you know, currently still very unique to Hedera. And it's, and it's interesting because we've kind of noticed this. We saw also Solana announced that they have like a 13 person governing quote unquote council of individuals and all these different types of things. And you think about what Hedera was talking about six years ago with the formation of their network and how they want to, um, effectively construct it. And it did seem counterintuitive to web three at the time. And I, and I used to say back then on the show, it's like, I do think that it's more likely that the industry will move into the area where Hedera is in versus Hedera moving further out into where the rest of the industry is. And I think we see the, we see the latter right now with like Hashinals and, and really embracing the, the overall industry leveraging the technologies on Hedera. But the former is like, that's what we're also seeing is other networks write this quote from Charles, even that clip from the spaces is starting to warm up to some of these ideas and saying like, Hey, yeah, maybe a governance structure like that isn't so bad or Hey, maybe low fixed fees aren't that crazy. And speaking to those value propositions and that quote from Charles is in regards to a new layer two that he's working on called midnight. So there's, there's obviously going to be competing networks to Hedera because it's, it's, you know, being shown that the, the method in which Adair is going about the growth of their network is, is effective. So that's kind of what's going to be happening. And so I'm going to be watching this situation really closely. I, I encourage other people to, I think DREC is going to be a big decide, like a, a big factor, a big catalyst in regards to Hedera's growth. It's, it's DREC is all about awareness in my mind. If it's a tool that all these other networks are going to use, and not only that, but that um, companies like OnePassword or LastPass might use, or eventually your banks might use, or whatever, it it it's just a part of that awareness, right? Because if it's created by Swirls Labs, if it's from the brain of Lehman Baird, there's a direct path to Hashgraph. There's a direct path to Hedera. So I think that's really cool, um, and uh, yeah. Maybe we'll get a new uh, H barbarian in the form of uh, Charles. So we'll have to see. And when I say Charles, I don't mean our Charles. I mean the other Charles. Charles number two. Um, now, big, big, big news dropping yesterday. Um, a $250 million investment in the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Saudi Arabia with the Hashgraph Association. So this is really exciting. This is really big stuff. Um, and I think that it's going to set the stage for some very interesting uh, things to take place over the coming years. So basically, I'll just kind of read out a quick little summary of this story. So the Deep Tech Venture Studio launched today, I mean yesterday, by the Hashgraph Association is an exciting new initiative aimed at fostering innovation and supporting the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Saudi Arabia. This five-year agreement valued at $250 million is a par partnership between the Saudi Ministry of Investment and the Hashgraph Association. The Deep Tech Venture Studio's primary goal is to empower local Saudi companies and international firms interested in operating in the kingdom. The studio will focus on developing innovative technological solutions in various fields such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, robotics, Internet of Things, virtual reality, and quantum computing. This collaboration will not only contribute to the growth of the tech industry in Saudi Arabia, but also help to position the company as a leading hub for innovation in the region. 
by providing funding and resources to local international companies. The Deep Tech Venture Studio aims to create a thriving ecosystem in the kingdom. So we've seen a couple of these types of things happening, right? We also saw um, some of these types of initiatives happening in India. um, And it's very exciting to see. Like when you, again, when you talk about placing Hedera at the center of innovation, you look at DREC and then you also look at initiatives like this. And it gets very exciting because I think more and more um, blockchain DLT is is right on that, you know, top 10 list of breakthrough technologies that really everyone is focused on right now. Um, and really putting Hedera at the forefront of that is going to be huge. Um, community member Zepsi, um, and I also see the HBAR Bowl listening to the show. Shout out to you, Brandon. Um, I was watching, uh, I was watching your show yesterday with Zepsi and, uh, I loved his tweet. Um, he basically just broke it down. $200 million was put forward by private Saudi investors to fund 500, over 500 deep tech companies. So that's a lot of companies. Um, and I think that really what this speaks to is this theme we're seeing of like, Where's the innovation happening in the space? Where's the innovation happening in this industry? And a huge portion of it, you could argue a majority of it is not happening in America right now because of regulations. There is so much happening um, in other parts of the world. Another good example is Dovu, right? The Indian government is wanting to retire 20 million vehicles. So what do they do? They, they, you know, spark up a new carbon offset initiative and they use Dovu for it, right? The technology is really putting us in a, in a great position. And uh, Rob Allen um, even provided his own commentary on this. Uh, he shared this news and Rob Allen being on the governing council himself uh, previously at the Hashgraph Association, um, he said, uh, this takes Hedera use cases to another level. You put money, if you put millions of dollars behind good ideas, good use cases on Hedera, I think some really cool things are going to happen over the coming years. So, and again, I think this is one of those news stories that's exciting. And we could see the excitement, in literally the price of H bar. Like, if we load up the uh, the charts here, um, you can clearly see. Um, if I load up, where's the where's the H bar price here? Um, if you look at the price here, if we go back to uh, the weekly price, right? Yesterday at like 7 a.m. Eastern, we saw a huge spike in the price of H bar and we've kind of, in a huge volume spike too. Holy cow. We spiked from $26 million uh, in volume to now sustaining, yeah, like almost $200 million volume of H bar. So clearly something has happened due to that announcement. Um, and that just gets me so excited. Like you, if, if you're, if you're a hash graph enthusiast, if you're an H bar holder, you truly these days have to have that, that global outlook. You got to be looking at things. You got to be using Google translate. You got to start reading articles that aren't in English. You got to start following people. Uh, gr- a great person to follow is a listener of the show, like listening right now, uh, at kimchi sauce H bar connecting communities, connecting Asian communities. Like that's what this is all about. Um, and some people just aren't aware of how established the Hedera ecosystem is in, in other countries outside, uh, you know, the U S and even up here in Canada, it's like, 
I get comments sometimes of like, oh, I wish there was there was more HBAR folks in, in the Asian region. And it's like, you get them connected up with people. It's just like, there's so much stuff happening. It's it's crazy. So it's amazing to see. I'm stoked. Um, and we're going to be keeping an eye on, on, uh, on this, uh, on this Saudi investment because that is big stuff guys. Um, real quick, I wanted to share a funny, um, <laughs> a funny post. I know I goof on the Hedera subreddit quite a bit. I, to be, to be clear, I love the Hedera subreddit. I think it's fantastic. I just find <laughs> sometimes it's a bit ridiculous in this, and this post is really great. And I'll just spend a two seconds on this. It's like, they ask, is this subreddit too optimistic? And I would say, um, no, the Hedera subreddit is not too optimistic. Um, that's my thoughts on that. There's a big conversation about that in the subreddit. If you want to read it, um, I'll just spoil it for you and kind of just say, no, they're not too optimistic. Um, also too, a really interesting kind of point that was brought up by uh, Coinman, the H Barbarian community legend. Um, there's no real news around this, but it's just interesting to think about. IBM um, launched a new product called IBM Watson X. I was watching uh, the Grammys on the weekend, and it was kind of cringy. But like, there were segments during the Grammys where there'd be like. Oh, we've got IBM Watson X that wrote something about who we're interviewing. And it was like the, the literal, like most generic stuff. Um, but I mean, IBM obviously making some AI plays. They've been in the AI game for a long time with their Watson product. I mean, people will probably remember like, geez, like probably almost a decade ago, their kind of Watson AI computer being on Jeopardy and playing in Jeopardy. And there were so many different interesting things. So IBM has been in the AI game for a long time. Also, a Hedera governing council member. So naturally, you start to kind of think a little bit because we talked um, on episode, I think like 110, about Equity Labs and their integrations with Hugging Face AI and how Hedera and HCS is being leveraged for, you know, that data provenance, uh, that trust in AI. And so you think about IBM, you think about Watson X, you go, oh, wow, it was featured on the Grammys. Like, this is a big, big AI use case. And you kind of go, well, is there also some kind of similar vibe here with, with IBM leveraging Hedera in some way for their Watson X product, especially if it's enterprise-focused, especially if there's a big trust component to it. So um, Coinman also says, IBM were one of the first Hedera governing council members and IBM's principal product manager at the time, Brian Gross, Brian Gross co-wrote the HCS white paper. So not only do we go, hmm, you know, is this using HCS in some way? Literally someone at IBM co-wrote the white paper for HCS. So you can come to natural conclusions. Um, this is definitely breadcrumb rumor kind of vibes. It is what it is, but very exciting to think about. Um, also, a quick update from Dovu as well. Dovu um, really kind of coming out hot and heavy with uh, with some headlines, with some news about their platform, about their token. For folks unfamiliar, I mean, Dovu has been going through all sorts of crazy changes, all sorts of exciting things happening. The, uh, a major carbon offset ESG use case on Hedera. Dovu puts out a post on X that says users can already use C14 to buy Dovu with Fiat. And by the end of the month, 
we will have at least two new central exchanges launched. Increase utility, increase liquidity. So what that means is we can expect Dovu arriving on two new central exchanges by the end of February, which is exciting because the first thing that your brain does is goes, well, like what central exchanges are we talking about? Are we talking about Coinbase? Right? Like, what are we talking about here? Cause that's pretty compelling. How many, how many central exchanges are left? Are, are there even two left? We don't know, but big things are happening. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on Dovu, but that's very interesting. It's good to see. That's one thing we've really needed right now. Like this ecosystem is desperate for um, that exposure, that liquidity, these assets being traded in pairs on centralized exchanges. Um, this brings us to something that I wanted to just highlight as well. A tweet from Mei Chen, who is the CEO of Hashpack, um, who I think raises a really, really interesting point really important uh, message um, that I don't think gets talked about enough, but also is something that is a tough topic to approach. And I'm glad that people in the ecosystem are approaching it. So what May says in her post is the Hedera ecosystem is primed for growth and adoption this cycle. We did a lot of great things during the past two years, but we are also playing catch up compared to some other ecosystems. And she posted this about an hour ago. So very fresh. And what she highlights is what I really want to see supported by the foundations in quarter one and quarter two, obviously calling out the HBAR Foundation and the Hashgraph Association and the DLT Science Foundation is core infrastructure support, right? Mirror nodes and Hashport, oracles, lending and specifically retail oracles. Uh, lending platforms and other advanced DeFi use cases, increased USDC liquidity, and centralized exchange listings. And I think that, you know, you can definitely say Hedera has a bunch of aces up its sleeve. There's so many, uh, so much amazing potential, so many crazy things happening here. But you know, there, it is true that there are many missing pieces in the Hedera ecosystem, especially in DeFi and especially when it comes to accessibility of HBAR um, and what you can do with it on the network and, and the things that, you're, that you have access to on the network. Again, specifically with DeFi, um, people want lending, people want borrowing, people want um, oracles. Like we need retail oracles to do all those different types of things. So there's so many missing pieces. And I just think that that's a really great conversation to see. Um, as long as it's healthy, you know, it's, it's, it's really specific things. We're not talking about broad topics here. We're literally talking about DeFi specific things and, um, central exchange listings for HBAR. And that's so important. And another important thing to know too, is like, um, the different complexities that also happen when you add those pieces. So a great example is we have a network bridge right now, Hashport, that that a lot of people use. Um, and I'll just pull up the website here for people on the on the uh, watching the YouTube video version. But basically, Hashport allows people on other networks to port their assets over to Hedera, so like wrapped Ethereum, wrapped Bitcoin you know, what back in the day, Rapdovu, like all those different types of things. Uh, and also 
uh, vice versa, you know, wrapped H bar, blah, blah, blah. You got MetaMask, all these things. It's a, it's a bridge, right? That allows people to bridge assets between networks on and off Hedera. It's a critical piece. Like when we talk about bringing liquidity to the ecosystem, like bridges are literally the bridges that allow that. And when you, when you look at building out this infrastructure, what happens when we, you know, for example, do another bridge, there are complexities involved with that. And I think that's also part of the challenge and I won't go into the nuances of it, but it's one thing to add missing pieces like, Oh, let's add an Oracle or, Oh, let's add, um, let's get a lending protocol or something. It's one thing to do those things, but there are very, very specific challenges when it comes to what about if we did another bridge, right? Or what about if we did another lending protocol that requires the network and the ecosystem to be at a certain level of maturity to facilitate that. So that's one thing to keep in mind when we talk about scaling DeFi. Um, I am of the opinion that it's important to get some initial pieces in place and feed the fires that are really burning hot. So if you have a bridge like Hashport that's really a backbone of the ecosystem, like I would, I would say rather than, bring another bridge to the network, put more resources behind the existing bridge to get the network to the point where it could facilitate another bridge. I think we're past the point of needing to hedge our bets. Um, I think we're at the, the, the point of growth where we really want to double down on what's working because that's ultimately, I think what will get us that what will get the network to the point where we go, Hey, what, what about more of this? What about multiple things? What about, you know, more increased competition, all those different types of things. It's a tough thing to do. So many smart people are working on it with all sorts of different approaches. Um, I'm not one of those smart people. I just, you know, have, have some opinions and, and, uh, think about this stuff. So that's my two H bars on that and appreciate May kind of broaching those topics. Those things are, those things are not easy. Um, Another quick topic here is meeting minutes. Um, we talked last week about, you know, where's the November and December meeting minutes? Where's the January meeting minutes? What's going on? Um, when you go on the Hedera website, the latest meeting minutes available is October. And to be fair, you know, the community in Hedera is pretty patient. It, sometimes it's difficult to read about decisions that have been enacted like 30 days, 60 days after it's happened. Like sometimes it can, it can make the community feel as though they're out of the loop, especially in the fast paced web three world. The other side of it is um, it's really great to have a governing council for a network, even publish meeting minutes, even provide this information. Um, that's great. And there's always room for improvement. And I think that on both sides, there are valid points. I, my bias is towards like, what can we do to shorten the amount of time between the governing council meetings happening and then the community having access to that information? I hope that that gets faster. I have noticed that sometimes it's trended to become slower and again, that kind of makes sense. I mean, the governing council's growing, the network's becoming more complex. They've had a lot on their plate. So I can also kind of understand that, but I'm hoping that it moves in the direction of becoming faster, shortening those feedback loops, making the community feel more involved. But on the topic of these meeting minutes, so 
They didn't have a meeting in January, which I, I you know, I, I guess makes sense because they were at Davos. Um, but I kind of found that to be like a little weird. Like this, it's one of those things, right? Like why wouldn't Hedera say in December, um, hey, community, we're not going to be having a meeting in January, just keeping you in the loop. Um, I don't know why that doesn't happen. You know, it makes it feel like, the meeting was planned but couldn't happen. It just leaves too much up to the imagination. Whereas I think, you know, it might be good for Hedera to kind of like give a little heads up on stuff like that. Because then you don't have people like me on my show going like, where's the meeting minutes? And it's like, well, there wasn't one. Um, it could all be solved by a quick tweet. Just letting the community know that there won't be a meeting in January and why. But again, it's, it is what it is. Um, Rob Allen was on the HBAR Bulls show and he talked about this a little bit, and there was, there was, there was a couple points that he brought up that I found interesting in, in uh, Brandon's conversation with him. He said that, um, and this was on the Shark Bite segment. The Shark Bite segment is like my Saturday morning cartoons now. Um, but he said they wouldn't hold back meeting minutes due to an upcoming announcement. That's been something people talk about a lot, which is like, well, what if there's, you know, they, they delay putting out the meeting minutes because they were talking about a new governing council member and we can't know. Rob Allen was just like, well, we're not going to put it in the meeting minutes. We're not going to hold them back. That stuff will just be redacted. So I don't think it's the case that a meeting, uh, uh, the meeting minutes will be delayed because of like, you know, secret information or whatever. That's not the case. He also says that sometimes new governing council members attend meetings ahead of becoming a governing council member. But again, those names are removed on the meeting minutes. Um, so information is redacted for meeting minutes and meeting minutes are not delayed for the sake of protecting information. They're just put out with the information redacted. I do. I actually do recall, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do recall in the past, potentially we have had a situation where a meeting minutes document has been revised to include previously redacted information. So I just literally kind of had a little bit of a memory there. Uh, maybe I just ate something funny this morning. Uh, but that's that. Um, I want to... <laughs> something else. I just saw this on my on my notes here. Uh, always worth bringing up. Um, and this also in a weird way kind of ties to the, uh, um, the direct conversation and kind of who's going to be a part of that. So Solana had some downtime. Um, and it was definitely, uh, when we talk about all eyes on H bar, um, all eyes were on Solana. So a quick little breakdown, uh, Solana experienced a significant network outage, um, yesterday marking its first major downtime of the year, ongoing transactional activities on the active Solana network temporarily ceased block progression halted at 1022 UTC yesterday and no new blocks were generated. Um, so Solana engineers and validators were promptly engaged in investigating the issue. A fix was identified. A new version for validators uh, to upgrade was developed. Instructions were provided. We've seen this before. The network kind of needed a, a, a little jump start. Um, and so then the kind of tweets come that like dunk on, you know, uh, Solana. One of those is regarding TPS. I don't quite know the truth in this, um, to be honest. Um, I don't exactly know what is true in this, but there's a tweet that was put out and it said, um, 
you know, they, they tag the co-founder of Solana Labs. Hey, honest question. How is Solana processing 3,000 transactions per second while the network is down? That was a very interesting question. And so naturally it was assumed like, wow, it's all fake. It's all, uh, it's all Fugazi Fugazi, you know, like why are they saying they're counting transactions when the, when the network's down? Um, so the, uh, co-founder of Solana Labs responded. He says the Explorer is just a dumb gauge that returns the last number that a full node reports. So it's a glitch with the website and the way it calculates transactions. I don't think that um, there is any kind of weirdness happening with that. But I have seen other tweets referencing other websites and other explorers that show a transaction throughput while the network was down. So it's, again, there's this theme of Solana being a little bit of a black box and not quite knowing what's happening. Um, And again, it just further um, stoked the... (laughs) you know, the Hedera community, other communities kind of dunking on Solana, as is the old pastime. And I saw a really interesting tweet that I do have to say I agree with, um, largely, from our president, Charles Atkins, at Hedera, uh, President Hedera himself, uh, post this decree, great work by Solana Engineering to get a fix out after their outage. Seems like validators are restarting now. We all know this industry is nascent and growing fast, and we do a lot better when we support each other and cheer each other on. Us old peeps remember the days of too much growth on phone line-based internet and the pipes failing. We just didn't have social media to yell about it. I think it's a a fair point, and I think that Putting the putting the differences between the Solana and Hedera community aside, right? All of the different um, criticisms and misinformation and 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 dunking coming from the Solana side, and all the different finger pointing and corrections and analysis from the Hedera side, and these two these two networks kind of battling it out in in many ways, you know, very fairly. Um, to me, seeing a tweet like this from the Hedera president gives me kind of a little, I put my tinfoil hat on, I put my breadcrumb hat on and I kind of go like, is Solana going to be joining the, joining the DREC Alliance? Because it would make sense. Um, that's what DREC is designed for, the decentralized recovery stuff, removing the friction point of private keys, all that different kind of stuff. Algorand's on board. It seems like Ripple's on board. It seems like Cardano is on board. That's huge. Think about that. Swirls Labs, Lehman Baird, at the epicenter of a far-reaching initiative to change the ways in which secrets are stored, passwords, bank information, and private keys for crypto. And like all the major networks are lining up, knocking on the door, let me in. That's really exciting. And so I see, what I see in Charles posting this tweet, Charles Atkins posting this tweet, what I see is, Hedera trying to do their best to warm the community up to the idea of a potential upcoming announcement of Solana is joining, uh, the Solana Foundation is joining DREC Alliance. And what does that that mean to people? What's the reaction going to be from the community? And if that wasn't the case, um, you know, I don't know if people at Hedera would be going out of their way to kind of, you know, smooth things over with Solana or, or kind of like 
you know, send a signal to the community like, hey, it's our friends, you know. But if if it is the case that Solana has joined the DREC Alliance, it would make sense that Hedera kind of starts putting out those signals of, hey, listen, you know, these are our friends, you know. And it's very interesting to see. This tweet got me thinking a lot um, just in regards to how Hedera sees themselves in the ecosystem and also um, how these other networks see themselves in the DREC Alliance. It's very, very fascinating stuff. But Solana went down. Um, I, I I do think that it's, you know, it's time is soon approaching where we just really have to kind of bury the hatchets. It is what it is. Um, but I, I hopefully think this leads to so, some really, really exciting stuff uh, for everybody. Now, I want to also share a clip, just switching gears, um, Red Swan. We talked about Red Swan on the show many times. They're tokenizing real estate. They're leveraging Hedera. And we're talking numbers in the billions. And real estate and tokenization have been a topic on Hedera for a while. Um, we, we've, we've heard about things that governing council members are working on, right? Like DLA Piper. Um, and more broadly, just the conversation surrounding real-world assets. Um, it's something that we've been talking about a long time in the Hedera community, but I think now is starting to become more and more top of mind for people in Web3 more broadly. And with Red Swan in particular, I know, I think they were partnered with Quarter Homes in that test um, that they did where they fractionally tokenized a house into fourths, right, Quarter Homes, um, and made it possible for people to purchase a home that may have not been able to. And when you pull back, what the issue is, is uh, money movement in real estate is is pretty stagnant. Um, Liquidity is locked up in different places. And there isn't a lot of opportunity for regular people to invest in certain types of products. And so Red Swan is really kind of stepping up to the plate in a big way. Um, they're using Hedera. It's really exciting. So there's this clip from the CEO um, on their YouTube, and he kind of breaks down some of these core topics. And I think it, I watched it and it just had the use case make a lot more sense to me. So let's just watch this real quick. Um, really fascinating stuff. Many uh, competitors and many people in the space talk about technology a lot. When you go to the websites, you hear about the technology, it's faster, it's better, uh, all the capabilities they can do technically. Uh, but we're, we're a shop that's ready to do business. Our, 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 our shelves are lined with product, and our doors also provide better quality assets uh, to these investors as well. And the biggest, I think, benefit of, of leveraging blockchain is providing liquidity to these assets so that investors are not fearful of coming into a project based on price point uh, or based on longevity of holding that asset class. Many uh, competitors and many people in the space talk about technology a lot. When you go to the websites, you hear about the technology, it's faster, it's better, uh, all the capabilities they can Sorry, do technically. Sorry, I did the same thing again uh, but we're, with the YouTube we're video. I keep, cl- I keep clicking buttons. Our, our, our shelves are lined with this is live, guys. Stand by. <laughs> and so I think the difference is we go after properties, and we've tokenized more properties than probably anybody on earth. We've tokenized four and a half million dollars, billion dollars worth of properties. Uh, and we also have about 10 billion in our pipeline, which is 10 billion of assets that we have vetted and now ready to tokenize for customers. The main goal here is we realize that institutional 
investors, you know, big names like uh, Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan Chase and, and, and Goldman Sachs are interested in getting in the space. Many of them already have built uh, platforms uh, to move digital assets, and now they're looking for content. And we believe that we have the content they need in order to downstream to their, uh, their customers. And so that means you have to have a high volume capacity of business. What I mean by that is, you know, you're not going to get a major institution to buy from you unless you can satisfy their demand. So we're looking to put billions of dollars worth of assets on our pipeline so we can meet the demands of institutions as well as cover the demand of private investors. So basically what he's saying there is like, you know, all of these talks, all of these people saying like, hey, we're getting into, you know, tokenized real world assets, real estate, all this type of stuff. You know, he's like, hey, we're running, we're running on all cylinders right now. You know, like we're ready to go. And this stuff's built on Hedera. And this stuff's really exciting. Again, hearing the numbers he's talking about in the potential markets um, is just really exciting stuff. But I'd encourage people to start looking at Red Swan a little more closely. I think they're about to, to make some very, very interesting moves. Um, also another clip I get, I want to play another clip for you guys. This one is, is really, really interesting. This one is kind of in the same space of real world assets, traditional finance, how those things kind of come together, um, how those kind of big high level problems are solved. Um, and this is in regards to world pay, um, and their use case when it comes to international remittance and also, uh, the technology they're developing for the Stablecoin Studio, which we talk about quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the, the Stablecoin Studio is a product from Hedera that uses uh, smart contracts, um, HTS. It, it has built in, it has a built in Oracle. It has proof of reserves. It's just, it's this all in one solution. So governments, enterprises, whomever can mint stablecoins. It's pretty mind blowing. Um, but I want to play a clip from uh, Zenobia's show. Zenobia is the VP of communications at Swirls Labs, and she has a show called Gossip About Gossip on the Hedera website. Um, she had uh, Nabil, who is the SVP of Crypto and Web3 at WorldPay, and this is a clip. He's talking about their use case, how it leverages Hedera, what problems they're solving. And again, this is just something that I find so fascinating and so important for um folks in the ecosystem that have on their radar. So let's listen to this real quick. Shows up before you can get that call back. It kind of works itself out. So in cross-border payments today, you just don't have visibility into where money is. You just, you, you just kind of rely on the other party having done what they say they were supposed to do and then that the money is going to show up. Um, but in blockchain, you can have that visibility. So the third thing we really said is, hey, for all these USDC settlement transactions, in real time, we're going to send you the transaction has, so you can see if it hasn't confirmed yet, or if it's stuck somewhere, you know, the wallet that it went to and from, all the amount, et cetera. So it just gives payments teams at our clients a bit more autonomy and control and visibility of where the money is um, and saves a lot of, I would say, manual work that would have otherwise ensued to try and trace down money. And that piece is being written on Hedera? Yes. So basically what we're doing is when we, when we do this so-called proof of reserve, the way it works is we are basically sending uh, three concrete data points for every single settlement transaction to uh, the HCS, Hedera Consensus Service. So what we do is we send data point number one when we send the fiat to circle for the USDC to be minted. 
So we'll actually send the data saying, hey, WorldPay has wired circle the money, and then you've got all the metadata behind it. Second is we send a data notification and proof point that the USDC has actually been minted. What does that actually mean? It means Circle's received the fiat and they've actually minted it in the USDC. So you get a confirmation and validation that that's actually happened. And then the third data point is when we actually instruct the settlement of the USDC from our wallet, where it was minted into, to the merchant's wallet. So basically for that whole like life cycle of that transaction, we're posting the data in real time to HCS and each merchant of ours gets a unique HCS topic. And that's what powers the dashboard or like the user experience on top of that, where, you know, a merchant gets a bespoke dashboard and it basically has for each of those transactions and each of those data points, you can get a confirmation from HCS, like this has happened or this hasn't happened yet. Um, and the way it isolates, you know, one merchant's data versus another merchant's data is via that unique topic ID. And so in your previous example, you know, you sort of now, mentioned. That's really exciting because when we, when we think about, you know, throughput and like how many transactions these use cases are going to drive, you know, you, when you look at how the HCS service is being, is being leveraged, you know, it's like, wow, uh, three transactions per, um, you know, use of, of the, of this service. It's like, HCS is really being leveraged in, in, in very, very interesting ways. It reminds me of like what we talk about with quick pick and like all these different types of things, like truly these use cases now going, Hey, here's a source of truth of what happened. Let's just record these things to it. Um, and in this case, like multiple times. Um, so it's exciting. It's exciting to get a little look um, under the hood at kind of a major aspect of the stablecoin studio product and service and and world pay being a huge part of that fis world pay also being a governing council member as well it's like you know again i go back in time a couple of years ago when we were really kind of waiting on like any governing council member use case to go live we just want we're waiting for anything and now i'm watching a video of a governing council member going like uh, yeah, we're, you know, we write these, you know, uh, messages to HCS, we move the USDC, you know, this is live merchants can do this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's really kind of crazy. It's like, okay, wow. Uh, governing council members are using the network constantly now, uh, in ways that I don't think I could have imagined uh, originally. So that's really great. That's really exciting. Um, quick shout out to, to, um, Kabila, um, just switching gears here as we get kind of closer to the end of the show. Um, Kabila celebrates the launch of version two. Um, and I believe it might be launching today. I think it might be live now. Um, and Kabila has a really great strategy with this whole product suite, this integrated, um, this integrated system of these different tools for creators to use with their wallet. Um, and I know that they've been working on it for a long time. Um, and it's something the community is excited about. So I think, I think literally a few hours ago, they may have launched it. I know they had a spaces um, just hours ago for a launch party. So if you haven't had a chance, check out Kabila. They got some new stuff going on. Shout out to that team um, doing great stuff in the community. Um, really, really, really appreciate those guys. Um, and last but not least, um, I wanted to just share a fun update from 
bank social or sorry, regarding bank social, um, bank social, uh, I had John Wingate, CEO of bank social on the show, um, a couple episodes ago, really great conversation about what they're working on. So make sure to go back and listen to that episode. It's on hashgraph.news. But when we look at the actual credit unions that are partnering with bank social and that are using the products, um, it's a pretty compelling list. Um, and this is the, uh, list of credit unions that have publicly announced partnership with Bank Social. Um, and again, Bank Social is this wallet, this multi-chain wallet where you can have all of your traditional financial assets mixed in with all your crypto assets. It's a very exciting proposition. Um, and it's 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 really breakthrough. And I think John Wingate um, articulated it in the best way I've heard, which is um, credit unions are analog DeFi right? DeFi being decentralized finance. Um, when you look at credit unions, it's these little independent financial community institutions that are joined together by pieces of infrastructure. It's decentralized, but it's analog. So it's a really great way to kind of describe it. But who are those credit unions that are um, on board with Bank Social? Uh, we've got Lookout Credit Union, which has uh, 17,000 deposit accounts with $320 million in assets. We got Prestige, which has 4,000 deposit accounts with $128 million in assets. We've got SW Financial with 6,000 demand deposit accounts with $80 million in assets. And we have Lone Star at 7.2,000 deposit accounts with $163 million in assets. So with these initial four credit unions, we already have, um, you know, 20, 26, you know, almost 40,000 users potentially. And, you know, blah, 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 like close to three quarter billion in assets. Nothing to turn your nose up at guys. That's, that's really exciting. So it's really cool to see bank social getting true traction like that, right? Literally credit unions partnering with them using their products. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, and just a last quick shout out before we wind down the show, I posted, um, uh, I, uh, a Xeet, I guess a tweet, an X post, whatever you want to call it. Um, I shared one to X, I asked the HBAR community, what is the most underrated project in the Hedera ecosystem and why? We don't have time today to go through all of the different responses on the show, but there are a ton of responses to this post. Um, so many great projects um, and lots of really good information. Like, people took the opportunity to basically share like the latest updates for those projects. And like, it's a it, like, if you're curious about kind of diving into the ecosystem and seeing what's going on, check out this post. It'll be included in the show notes for the episode. Um, and that'll be on hashgraph.news. Of course, it's also just on my profile. So check it out, but it's a great thread and a huge shout out to everyone who kind of responded to that and uh, dove in. Um, so we're going to wind down the show. I'm going to take another uh, sip of my bevy here, and then uh, we're going to sign off. So appreciate everyone listening. I'm just going to take a minute here. Stay hydrated. Everyone take a minute right now. Grab, grab a drink. Stay hydrated.
just finished off I'm talking about staying healthy and staying hydrated. I'm drinking a Diet Pepsi. Do as I say, not as I do. And with that, guys, episode 112 of Hashgraph Enthusiast, All Eyes on HBAR, part two. Um, crazy week, lots of things happening. There's a, it's, one of those, it's one of those periods right now where we really have to kind of assemble the news ourselves. We have to look at all the different things happening and kind of start putting pieces together, um, which is very exciting. It shows growth. It shows energy. Um, it shows imagination. It shows a lot of different things. Uh, but really, for me, what it shows is um, growth, right? It shows growth. When you have, you know, a, a plant that's growing, you just end up with so many different branches sprouting off in so many different directions. This is no longer just one little sprout. And then, you know, a few little branches for now we got HTS and HCS and smart contract. It's like now there's so many branches going off of that. There's so much to explore. And I think the most interesting things are happening at the ends of those branches. And like we were talking about with patches earlier about Hashinals and HCS 20 and all those different types of things. Um, that's an end of one of those branches. He's right on the edge. Um, so venture out there. It's a little wobbly. It might break. There's a little risk, but let's do that. Like, let's go out on those limbs. Let's, let's literally go out on a limb. Um, that's what it's about right now. Let's step out of the comfort zone. The bear market's been tough. Everyone's kind of been in their little cubby. You know, they've been, they've been working away. Projects have been trying to just stay alive. You know, and time's coming where it's, you know, we can, we can venture out. We can get a little, we can get a little adventurous. We can try out some stuff, not be too concerned about things not working out. I'm hoping that that, that that lightness is, it continues kind of coming into the ecosystem and I'm seeing it in the NFT space, right on Hedera. I'm also seeing it in the, with meme coins. Um, it's just really great to see. And I mean, for sure. Hedera is, um, you know, an enterprise network, but that does not mean that it's only for enterprise. It just means that it's best for enterprise. Uh, there's going to be so much happening when it comes to, uh, you know, retail, degen, meme coin, all that kind of stuff. You're not going to stop it. Check it out. Enjoy. Um, Another huge shout out to Patches joining the show. That was a fantastic conversation. Keep an eye out for that clip. I'll clip out that part for people. Um. And an extra shout out for the troopers that listen to the whole show. I know there's so many people that listen to the whole show. So I really, really, uh, really, really appreciate that. And an even bigger, bigger, bigger shout out to folks that support the show. Like I said, hashgraph.news. That's the place to go check out all the things you need to know about the show. Um, you can send an HBAR tip. The, H, the Hedera account is on the website. Um, and you can really dive in. Hashgraph.news. Um, really just incredible and doing more video stuff. I'm hoping that there's going to be a live video stream, not just audio on Twitter spaces, maybe the live video, who knows? Shout out to patches, shout out to everyone listening. Appreciate you all. Um, I'm Brandon Davenport, Hashgraph enthusiast folks. Hello future. Goodbye past. Thanks for listening to the Hashgraph enthusiast show hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar.
also for people listening live on X right now, like take a minute, follow each other, shoot each other a DM, see what's going on. Stay connected.